Welcome to So Tell Me More, a podcast where you can join Prabnor and Navya, two psychotherapy students, as they dive into various topics through a psychotherapy lens. This podcast will get you thinking and reflecting on all things mental health, ranging from self-care to learning more about what exactly cognitive behavior therapy is. We hope you stick around. In today's episode, we will be exploring the field of psychology and the experience of being a psychology student with our guest speaker, Allison Mizzy. Allison is in her second year of completing her PhD in clinical psychology at McMaster University. She's working on her dissertation research and completing a practicum at St. Joseph's Hospital in Hamilton. She's passionate about triathlons and her cats. Welcome, Allison. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Thanks for being here. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thanks. It's a rainy, rainy Wednesday, but glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're really excited for our episode today because we get to learn a bit more about psychology. I know we've often talked about psychotherapy and various related fields within psychotherapy and mental health, but it'll be nice to get perspective on psychology and becoming a psychologist from someone who's in the process right now. Yeah, absolutely. And we work, uh, psychologists and psychotherapists work so closely together. So it'll be nice to chat about you know, how they differ. Yeah. So just to give our listeners a little bit of an intro onto what is psychology. So according to the American Psychological Association or the APA, psychology is defined as a scientific study of the mind and behavior. Psychology is a multifaceted discipline and includes many subfields of study such as human development, sports, health, clinical, social behavior, and cognitive processes. Allison, is there anything else that you want to add to that definition or what even psychology means to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there of like our goal within psychology is studying those abnormal and abnormal mental states, behavior, whether that's cognition or perceptual processes or emotion. There's so many different types of psychology, which makes it a really interesting kind of field to be in. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, like I'm in the field of clinical psychology, which focuses on that abnormal behavior piece, ranging from abnormal cognition to emotional states to family and relationship concerns. So lots of broad uh, things to study within psychology. Definitely. I actually, being in the field of mental health itself, I didn't realize how much psychology covered in terms of its subfields. But yeah, it's really exciting stuff that you're doing in clinical psychology. So I think it'd be great if you could tell us a little bit about your journey into psychology so far. Sure. Yeah. So I first discovered psychology when I was going to university. So I never really even knew what psychology was Mm -hmm. before I came to my undergrad degree at McMaster. Took a course in introductory psychology and started learning about neurons and how the brain works. And I was kind of hooked from from that point on. So I decided to keep that as like my major path of study in my undergrad and studied psych and neuroscience as my major. That's where I also got to do some research for the first time. So I did a thesis project in my final year of my undergrad where I got to work with participants and look at how their mental health was impacted by movement, particularly yoga, which was really interesting. And so I really discovered that I liked research in that way and wanted to continue with with research. And so, yeah, I continued and and did a master's degree actually in kinesiology next, which you might think "Ah, that's kind of like a step step away from psychology, right? But I got to study health psychology within kinesiology. So 
Kinesiology often studies how the mind and body relate to one another, which is a, a topic that I'm really interested in. So I did some, some more research regarding how our, our mind and body interacts within my master's. And yeah, that kind of led me to, you know, knowing that I like research and I wanted to continue on with, you know, studying those kind of fundamental processes of how our mind and body work. But I also really wanted to do something more applied. So mm -hmm. yeah, I wanted to have that kind of impact and uh, contact with patients and kind of work as part of the healthcare system. So kind of combined my interests in terms of applied work and that fundamental research work. And I'm now doing my PhD in clinical psychology, which kind of combines those two aspects of providing direct patient care, but also strong like research background as well. That's really cool. It's pretty interesting to hear your entire journey. And similarly, I also took a first year intro psychology course, and that's what brought me to the field. So it's so cool to hear it was a similar experience for you. And yeah, how it just developed. I honestly didn't think of kinesiology being related to psychology all that much. But to hear that your master's was in that, I think it's really cool to know that there's so many different options that can lead you to a particular field and how open psychology really is. Also, I think it's really cool that you did do like a master's in something that's not specifically clinical psychology. I remember whenever I was looking into that initially, I always saw that with clinical psychology specifically, they often or schools often had combined programs where it's like a master's plus PhD, but it sounds like you might have taken a slightly different route. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's becoming, at least in Canada, more and more common for people to do a master's degree before going on to do like a clinical psychology program. And mm -hmm. many people do a master's in a slightly different field, kind of like I did. So mm -hmm. usually a kind of health or, or science related fields, but I know some people who have done health research methods degrees or more like health sciences degrees before going into clinical psych. I think that just reflects the like varied backgrounds that you can have going into a kind of clinical psychology degree that further reflects its like interdisciplinary nature, right? Mm -hmm. We draw on, you know, biology, health information systems, traditional psychology, like all these different fields. So it kind of pulls people in from all lots of different places. Yeah. And I think that's so relevant, not only in clinical psychology, but also at least for our program. Navi and I have some amazing colleagues in our program who have very diverse backgrounds as well. Mm -hmm. I think one individual has done social psychology. Other people come from a very strong research background. We have individuals who are professors at university in a different field. So it's really cool to see how you're exactly right in the sense that it is so multidisciplinary that it's pretty neat to see that. And it's awesome, I think, to also get that perspective in your other education or through your pathway, mm -hmm. which then informs your practice in some way. So depending on what you specialized in or how you came to for us psychotherapy and for you psychology, it's so cool to see just how that can influence the way that you practice and the way that you interact with people and how there's no one right way to get there. It just kind of differs in how you interact with different people and approach a different situation so yeah I think that's really awesome to hear and we'd love to hear more details as we go through this episode as well about your current research so can you share a little bit about that right now what are you currently working on in terms of your research 
Sure. Yeah. So my research interests kind of lie in the, as I described a little bit earlier, that relationship between the mind and the body. Mm -hmm. And so in, before I joined the clinical program, I did that master's in kinesiology where I studied how exercise specifically impacts mental health and kind of how those two things relate and how they interact in this kind of bi-directional relationship. And so I've sort of carried that into my research into today where I'm, I'm really interested in how movement impacts mental health. I and mean, right now I'm in a lab that often focuses on trauma and trauma disorders. So right now I'm helping with some research that looks at how movement-based interventions impact trauma symptoms in those with post-traumatic stress disorder. So I have a couple research studies looking at exercise and how that impacts trauma symptoms, but also some more kind of body-based movement therapies that are kind of being developed to, to treat some of the kind of less prominent, but still there are symptoms within PTSD that affect a lot of our sensory and motor systems. So kind of a niche little area, but yeah, I'm excited to be part of this research right now. That's amazing. I'm just curious, what are some of those body-based exercises or movements that you were describing? Yeah, so there's some more recent research coming out to show that individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder often have, you know, we see in PTSD those classic symptoms of things like hypervigilance and flashbacks, upsetting mm -hmm. intrusive memories of past traumatic events, but lesser known are the impacts that PTSD has on like sensory systems and posture and gait that have a strong impact on the individual's kind of symptoms and experience. So the intervention that I'm a small part of, it's a big team that's running this study, but I'm a small part of a, a novel kind of treatment method that uses kind of sensory objects and sensory based, like a sensory based approach to kind of look at PTSD from more of like a bottom up level rather than a top down level. So instead of treating kind of PTSD as more of this cognitive approach that's typically taken in treatments like cognitive processing therapy or even CBT, it's kind of using this more like bottom-up sensory-based approach as a treatment option. So yeah, it's very new research, but I'm, I'm very interested to see where, where it takes us. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I love the different approach that you're taking to treatment there. And I think it's so nice for people to hear about some of the new research that's going on. Because when you think of therapy in general, you might either be thinking talk therapy or another intervention that people think of when it comes to any sort of disorder is medication. And mm -hmm. so it's really cool to now have this alternative perspective and idea of you know, there's other options out there as well. And so much research going on every single day and such large teams working on these interventions as well. So yeah, I'm very excited to see what your research comes up with and let us know how that goes. For sure, will do. <laughs> so Allison, you talked a lot about your research background. I'm also wondering, since it's a clinical program and like you mentioned, there's also this applied component. I'm wondering what your experience has been with that application portion of your clinical psychology uh, education so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying that, you know, applied piece of my degree as well. And so within clinical psychology programs, at least I can speak to kind of Canadian programs in general, there's typically you're doing your research dissertation, but you also complete clinical practica courses that are giving you that direct experience working in clinics or hospitals or school-based settings or private practices that give you direct experience with 
assessment and intervention within psychology. So you have to complete kind of a certain number of hours within your clinical practica to be able to eventually register as a clinical psychologist. So I'm lucky from my experience in my program, I've been able to complete a kind of exposure practicum where I got to do different like rotations at different clinics within a hospital to get kind of exposure to multiple populations, things like mood disorders or anxiety or psychosis, eating disorders. So I had a little bit of experience there. And then more recently, I've done some practica training within a mood disorders clinic at St. Joseph's here in Hamilton. And then currently, I just started a practicum focused on anxiety disorders, um, again, at, in the, at St. Joe's in Hamilton. So yeah, I'm getting experience with psychodiagnostic assessment, so assessing patients for mental illness and you know coming up with diagnoses, delivering that information to patients, kind of planning for best treatment options for patients and then I'm also involved in some intervention and treatment. So various groups and individual patients that I see to be able to help them kind of with their presenting problems at the moment. Yeah, I think that brings us right to like the next question, which I wanted to ask you about is as a psychologist, what is your role and what are some of the responsibilities or duties that you generally do have? And it sounds like you mentioned a little bit about assessments and even some interventions, but would you mind sharing a little bit more about what a psychologist does? Yeah, absolutely. So psychologists are, are kind of unique in that they, as we've kind of discussed, they have that like strong research background, but also that clinical training and coursework to be able to practice as a clinical psychologist. So kind of depends on the setting of where you end up working, but traditionally a psychologist might be involved in things like psychodiagnostic assessment, so seeing patients, determining, you know, what their presenting problems are, deciding what disorder or profile they might fit best within, kind of conceptualizing their case overall by pulling in things like their background information and, you know, medical history and kind of seeing them as a full picture and not just of their psychological health at the moment but seeing them as a full person and then being able to plan for treatment of what might be the best option for them so a lot of psychologists are often involved in group or individual based treatment so directly seeing patients working uh, with various modalities of treatment such as cognitive behavioral therapy mindfulness based therapies acceptance and commitment therapy, it's a whole bunch of different types of modes you might use that often psychologists receive training in, in many of those. Psychologists often do what's called like neuropsych assessments or neuropsychological assessments, which are more on the like cognitive side of things. So assessing for things like learning and memory deficits or assessing for neurodegenerative diseases, things like dementia and Alzheimer's. So psychologists might be involved with that work as well. So I hope that <laughs> partially answers your question there. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of assessments and also working with people to do some of those therapies, like you mentioned. Definitely. And then another piece that psychologists are often a part of as well is research. So mm -hmm. psychologists, especially in, at least in Canada, are trained under this kind of clinician scientist model where you have that clinical training, but also that strong research training. And so often clinical psychologists will do clinical work, but they'll also do ongoing research, have an affiliation with a research 
research institution or a university where they might hold like a part-time professorship or are an assistant professor. So they're doing ongoing research that really informs their like evidence-based clinical work as well. Yeah, that's really interesting having that intersection between the clinical side of things and the research and how they can both tie into each other, right? I just imagine that what you see in the clinic sometimes might fuel some research interest and areas of further research. And then what you're doing in your research can impact also your own practice and all of your interactions. So it's really awesome that intersection that it sounds like psychologists are so core to and all the different roles that you're taking in a clinic as well. So following patients from when they first enter a clinic and get that first diagnosis or intervention and all the way through in their process of following treatment. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I actually didn't realize how many different areas psychologists are involved in. With that, I'm also wondering, Allison, how does one become licensed as a psychologist and what is that process like? Yes, that's a great question. And it is a bit of a journey uh, to go through. So as we sort of discussed, so first you'll need like an undergrad in psychology or a very related kind of field. And then you might go on to do a master's and then a PhD in clinical psychology where you're doing that research uh, dissertation to get your PhD, but also that like clinical training to eventually be able to register as a clinical psychologist. So you build up that, those clinical skills and those clinical kind of hours that you track within your, your PhD. And then after your PhD, typically you'll do a, a residency year. So you'll do a one year like internship or sometimes it's called a residency where you're doing intensive kind of clinical work for that full year to really hone in on a lot of those skills you developed in your practica, but kind of uh, not master them, but develop additional skills and, and con- confidence and competence in those areas. And so after you finish your residency year, I believe you have a couple licensing exams to take. So a few kind of ethics-related exams and then some professional psychology-related exams and an oral exam. So a couple more assessment pieces there. And then I believe after you know completing those exams, you can register as a clinical psychologist with the college of whatever province or, or state you're a part of. And after that registration, you can practice as a clinical psychologist, but for about a year or so after that, you're registered under supervised practice. So you're still kind of supervised for a little while after you're a full psychologist. And that supervision is done by another licensed psychologist that has been, you know, experienced in the field. And so after that full year, you, I believe, can register as a, you know, independently practicing clinical psychologist. And depending on the field you're in too, within clinical psychology, there's lots of specializations where you can go on to specialize in a certain area, like clinical health or clinical health psychology or neuropsychology or forensic psychology. And so often if you're doing some specialization, there might be additional training or postdoctoral training that you complete. And so there's lots of kind of options for future <laughs> continued education as well. But that's kind of the general gist of, you know, the journey towards becoming a, a registered psychologist, at least from, from what I'm aware. Yeah, and just to note how this is specifically in your experience, at least in Ontario, and and you, you mentioned it, how it might vary from province or state and where you are exactly located, but 
it does sound like a very long journey, hopefully one that does have reward at the end, but it's really important work that you're doing. So something that's very valuable that you are contributing. Yeah, it's good to kind of remember that when uh, so many like years are still ahead. Uh, But I feel very fortunate to still like to be able to continue in school for this long and like pursue a, a career that I really enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Prabhnur said, very, very important work that you're doing. And I think it's cool to note that we are all working in very multidisciplinary fields. And that's actually how we met Allison. So through our practicums. And so it's it's really interesting to think about how all of these professions can work together and provide comprehensive care to our patients and our clients with very different perspectives. So with Allison having that research background, as well as the clinical training, and then where psychotherapists come in or where uh, Prabhnur and I as psychotherapy students come in is the treatment part of things as well. Mm-hmm. So we also offer treatment, but we don't do as much with the diagnostic or the research side of things. So it's nice to just keep that in mind in terms of differentiating between psychotherapy itself and then clinical psychology because it can get very confusing. And to be honest, I didn't know <laughs> a lot of the distinctions until more recently. Yeah. And what's also neat is this idea about how there are various individuals in different colleges or professions that can even provide this controlled act of psychotherapy. And it's not necessarily limited to a psychotherapist. Like Mm -hmm. Allison, you're doing that clinical component and that applied portion. And you also at times, at least when we were in a group together in our practicum and how Allison was also part of that intervention and providing components of the CBT therapy itself and how I was there also learning and also providing some of that intervention. So how there are various individuals that come under this bigger umbrella term of psychotherapy and uh, you just need to get that proper training to be able to provide these various interventions. But like you all said, it's very multidisciplinary in who is doing what and really we're all coming together from our different perspectives to create more of this holistic team to help people who are coming and seeking support for mental health. Yeah, and I think that's such an asset of like our fields in general that like people from psychology, from psychotherapy, like occupational therapists, like rec Mm -hmm. therapists. There's so many people coming together that have like their expertise that we really need Mm -hmm. to be able to treat people as from that like holistic approach and treating not only their psychological symptoms, but them as a whole person. So it expands our ability to reach more people who are suffering from mental illness as well, which is always our goal, right? And I think it's really cool to hear that general process of how you can become licensed as a psychologist. But I'm wondering a little bit about what your own goals are for your education going further. So any other areas of research you're interested in working in, any particular populations or places that you want to work? What are you sort of thinking for the future? Yeah, great question. Still kind of figuring it out, to be honest, because I'm at the point where, like, I love everything. (laughs) um, And I kind of want to be exposed to everything. But um, I'm really enjoying my research. And I I definitely can see myself continuing uh, with research in some realm kind of for my the rest of my career. So Mm -hmm. I want to stay in research, but also, you know, I hope to register as a clinical psychologist and be practicing. I can see myself working kind of in a hospital setting or a clinic. And yeah, I'm really enjoying practica that I've recently completed within kind of mood disorders as well as anxiety. And I'm also really interested in, I think maybe I mentioned neuropsychology, which kind of studies specifically the brain and brain related disorders. So I'm taking some coursework and training in that area with, you know, a possibility that I might specialize there. But yeah, 
hopefully uh, I will kind of figure out the best place for me to end up as, as I continue on the journey. <laughs> Absolutely. And as we know, it's an ongoing process as students, you're constantly figuring it out. Things keep changing as well. You get a new experience and that can spark your interest. So it is ongoing learning for sure. But yeah, I wish you all the best with that. It sounds really exciting and it's nice to hear how passionate you are about what you're doing and studying. With that, Allison, we just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to sit down with us virtually and talk a little bit more about psychology, clinical psychology, and your journey and experience on becoming a clinical psychologist. Thank you so much for talking to us about it and sharing your insights on the whole process. Thank you both so much for having me. It was great to to chat with you more about this process. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing where your career takes you and looking back on this episode and uh, hopefully in many years to come. So yeah, thank you, Allison. Just a reminder that this information is meant to be purely educational. We are not health professionals, just graduate students navigating these topics with you. Any podcast content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We recommend that you always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions regarding your mental health and well-being. We would also like to leave you with some resources if you are curious to learn more about mental health or you feel that you'd like someone to help you or you want a source to reach out to. Some of the resources include Good to Talk, Kids Help Phone, Connects Ontario, and Bounce Back Ontario, which is a free skill building program managed by the Canadian Mental Health Association. These are just a few resources that we know and that are limited to Ontario or Canada. We do want to encourage you to explore your own local resources for mental health and please reach out for help if you need it to those resources. And in terms of connecting with us, you can do so by listening to our podcast. You can also email us at sotellmemorepodcast at gmail.com, as well as visiting our Instagram page, which is at sotellmemorepodcast. You can check out the Instagram page for future updates, and it's also a great way for you to share what you're interested in hearing, offering any suggestions or feedback. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening right now. With that, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned something new or simply enjoyed our exploration of clinical psychology with Allison. We're excited to continue exploring new topics in the future episodes, but for now, stay safe and take care. (laughs) 